0: plus. Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Gallagher Trotts YouTube and podcast channel. We are back with what is probably going to be the most tired match reaction you'll ever see on this channel. Uh the most emphatic match reaction you're ever going to see on this channel because unless you've been living under the rock, under under well, under the rock or a rock. <laughs> the rock. <laughs> I mean, if rock. you've been living under the rock, more play too. But <laughs> unless you've been living under a rock for the past 24 hours, you should know by now that Newcastle hosted a little game of football last night. And it was against a French side from Paris, a small French club from Paris, shall we say. Um, And we absolutely annihilated them. Four goals to one. Um, that's right. This is the match preview for last night's Champions League match preview. preview. This is how I tired, told you, we I told you it's tired we are. We don't know what it is. <laughs> and reactions and everything coming up my arse. Um, it is the match reaction for Newcastle United four, Paris Saint-Germain one. I'm Scott. I think I'm your host for this one. Although <laughs> Ian seems to be doing a better job than I am at the moment. Um, and I am joined by Ian and Daryl. Before we jump into the game, boys, has everybody calmed down yet? Or are we no. still like a kid on Christmas?
3: No, I haven't calmed down yet. Um, I'm going to add to your list there that it's probably going to be the most emotionally charged match reaction as well, I think. We're well, no bubbling, Daryl. <laughs> I'm, <not allowed laughs> I'm already there, mate. It's, it's, I'm sorry. It's already happened.
2: <laughs> Ian, obviously, you and I had to watch it from the comfort of our own homes. Not each other's home, but, you know. It's been a bit of a long stretch for me to go over there, and if I was going over there, I'm getting a ticket. And if you're coming over here, then you know you're more than welcome. But you know you probably heard us shouting when we scored, anyway. So, uh,
1: <laughs> but how are you, mate? Uh, yeah, good. Just as you said, Newcastle four, PSG one. Still doesn't seem real. Seems <laughs> seems like what Daryl said. where We're just reviewing that the FIFA match that you played. It, <laughs> it doesn't seem real life, considering literally like almost to the day two years ago. We had our last game under Mike Ashley. Got beat off Wolves away. Jeff Hendrick scored. I know he's still on our books um, by technicality, but just, yeah. just the, like the the turnaround in two years. I, I know we're not like a like a sort of club that's worked well, similar to what Brighton, but it, it's our story, and it just feels like that, that time to be ago. Our story was nothing but doom and gloom. We're destined for relegation and, and we just went and beat and Mbappe's PSG mega stars with all their big books and done it with the most convincing and tactically sound performance I've ever seen from the Newcastle side. It's, it's just absolutely mental.
2: Well, we'll take it way, way back to... Uh... Is it an hour, an hour and thirty minutes before kickoff, Daryl? When you get the the lineups, yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. lineup was announced. But you got it nice and early for as you always do.
1: With your that's about two hours, hours after Daryl gets in the ground.
2: <laughs> Daryl has no problems with tickets getting no, I don't. the do queueing up because he's there. He's still <laughs> there now. He's he just got a bedroom in the back of the Gallagher. Yeah, I just um, a little office
3: in the corner. Aye?
2: Um, but lineup, obviously, it's kind of what we were expecting. You know kind of was what we called, well, sorry, what I called on the FIFA thing. We called it in the match preview. There wasn't really yeah. any um, surprises. But the bench, you looked at mm. that bench before kickoff and started to get a bit worried.
3: Yeah, there wasn't a lot of depth on that bench at all, was I, I mean, it, it's definitely a sign of um, concern when you've got a name two goalkeepers just to fill your bench quarter. Um, and even when you look at the, the outfield players that were on that bench, apart from really Elliot Anderson um, and Matty Target, there wasn't really much first-team experience in there either. Um, you know, I mean I still wouldn't, I still wouldn't think I would have had a problem if Lewis Manny had had to come on like and how we we're, were playing anyway, probably would have just turned into prime Yaya Turi or prime Pillow, and just ran it anyway. But, uh, I mean like you say, we sort of Predicted that lineup. I mean, I still thought Callum Wilson might have had a chance, but obviously he's been kept. I think. I think it's probably a wise move as well. I don't want to step on the toes of our West Ham preview, but I think there's a reason why he was kept for yeah. West Ham, and we'll get onto that when we when we do it. Um, and I think it really, you know, I have to pay props to everybody that played because the effort and the energy that they needed to put into that to get that display, to get that game plan executed to. Perfection, really, is the only word you can say because of how we dealt with them. Um, I mean, I said to you guys late on last night when I was still away and feeling all wistful and emotional and I liked it. So 20 years ago, Bobby's boys made a generation of heroes out of themselves um, to to many people, including myself at the time. Um, And I think Eddie Howe's boys last night just repeated that feat for a new generation, for the generation that's already gone as well. Um, those are the; these are the kind of nights that don't come around very often. They're very special. You could tell on the TV straight away. You know, War Flags. Props to you guys. It was a, f- a fantastic display, and I was proud to be part, like proud to be able to take part in it. And the atmosphere was, I, I think I said in the preview that it was, be, it would be on a next level. To what we yeah. would expect like, what we'd ever experienced before and by God did we live up to that expectation of mine it was I've never experienced it before in my life and may long may it continue
2: absolutely and, and you know I know Chris and Daniel have just as we've recorded they've just finished a live where they talk more about their experience of the game mm. and how you know the atmosphere of them was so we'll not touch too much on that but if you want to go back and watch that after we've after you've watched this one uh, that's a good little watch as well because I think Daniel sums up quite nicely that it's quite hard to explain the emotion because it's a different part of the brain to your logic in terms of, uh, uh, you know, describe that sort of thing. But Ian, Ian picks off in, you know, first five, ten minutes, it's all PSG. And, And you're thinking, oh, we're in for something here. But we kind of just clicked. Something happened where we just figured them out. After that first five, ten minute rough spell. And I don't even want to say rough spell, to be honest, because I don't think they had a shot on target. They just had a lot of the ball. And we were expecting that anyway. Um, but something just clicked with that team where, you know, we just kind of figured them out a little bit. We knew what to do against them. Um, yeah,
1: totally. I think I think it was maybe the first five minutes they had that Dembele shot where he ghosted in sort of at the yeah. back post, completely unmarked yeah. in I was thinking, oh, is this going to just be like a forecast of what's going to be for the rest of the night? It's dangerous. For all that, he hasn't had a great start to his PSG career. I think he was saying that he hasn't scored a goal for them yet. Still a dangerous player, World Cup winner with them, uh, with France. Sorry. So to give players like that space, I was just thinking this is going to be a long night. But like you say, I don't know if it was sort of something just twigged in everyone's minds that where are at home. Like, We've got nothing to lose. Like we've got the crowd behind we, and it was, it was just like tackles. Like before we even scored, went like and, and putting balls out for thrones. Like everyone was celebrating them. Like goals, like the players, the fans. Like um, and it came from like you said, they had a lot of the ball for the majority of the match. Um, but I think we set up, like I said, at the sort of intro, it was the most sound we've ever been. Usually, we we press with intensity at all costs, and you'll see sort of groups of two, three players closing down a ball. Whereas we tweaked it a little bit and we just went man for man with with each one of their players, let them have the ball in certain areas, and would drop back to a sort of a four-five-one. Um, and then went with the intensity, and they seemed a little bit shell shocked. they the didn't really know what what to do. And um, even when they had the ball, almost enough, they, they literally just passed it between the two halves for for sort of a, a minute or so. To try, and I just think we got it so so right yesterday, and. Absolutely, every, every one of those players came off with with a, like a massive credit of themselves, and you've got no look, look no further than the likes of Jamal Lasells, who we we all know his limitations. Um, but it, it, was a, it was sort of almost like a Cinderella story for him that at 22 years old, when we were getting beaten, um, he stepped forward to be a leader in the dressing room. He called out the mercenaries that were had. Um, and, and obviously got the captaincy, and then captain, was through that championship-winning season. And for him to now captain the side and lead the side out against PSG in the track, I still can't believe I'm saying these <laughs> words in, in the Champions League and put in such a, a like a solidly sound performance. He didn't put foot rotten. To be honest, none of them did. Um, and we'll touch on the goals in a second because obviously this goal come from that price. Um, but it, every single one that stepped onto that pitch last night come, comes away with a huge amount of credit.
2: Absolutely. Um, Daryl, yeah, we will come to the first goal. Um only took with 17 minutes for Miggy Almeron. But yeah. I think a lot has to be said about the press. Maybe yeah. won the ball back. Um, it falls to Isak, and you're thinking, he's, he's got this. Like Isak, put your house on it. Unfortunately, Donnarumma is a very, very good goalkeeper. Although, he, you know, we did put four past him. He's a very good goalkeeper. He's a big presence in that box. And he manages to tip away Isak's shot. And And I think he thinks he's put it into a safe place. But that wasn't the story, was
3: it? Absolutely not. Um, I've got to give props to Miggy for being on his toes and, and reacting to it the way he did as well. Um, I mean, we all thought that Isaka exactly was going to bury it when, as soon as he, it dropped to him. And I mean, like you say, it was... You've got to pay homage to that press because that press won the ball in that position and it just dropped to Isaac straight away. Um, and you would normally put your house on that sort of chance of being finished. You really would, um, but yeah, for Miggy to come in to open his body the way he did and to just slot into the, the opposite bottom corner—I mean, it sent the place into raptures. Um, I think Chris mentions it on the the reaction there with that he did with with Dan about there being a pop. In the atmosphere and and that that pop that led to the crowd roar and and erupted into noise um i don't think that i've ever heard that noise before i mean i've heard versions of that noise before but not to that extreme level basically um and you know what is that really set the tone for the rest of that half as well because as soon as that goal went in I think PSG just must have just, t- the lads must have just turned around themselves and said, what the hell have we got ourselves into here? Because, you know, before the game, uh, people who were asking me what I thought and, and how how I thought we'd get on, it's like, well, to me, I, I thought we had the, the shock factor and that unknown entity factor to us. And that, to be honest, that is exactly what happened. They didn't know what to expect from us. Yes, they're experienced players that, you know, they've got World Cup winners in that squad, but... They didn't know what to expect coming here because they would never come to a place like this before. Um, and as soon as that happened, and as soon as that first goal was in, they they they're pretty much like, I don't want to be here anymore, like, because it was just non stop after that. I mean, yes, they you know, you said earlier, you know, they had most of the possession, um, and, and we had quite a low amount of possession for our game, basically. But when you think about it, we were by far more direct and more clinical. Yeah. Um. I think at half time it read something like nine attempts we had, and four of them were on target, and PSG had none. So that tells you everything you needed to know. Um. Yeah. yeah.
2: We did. We discussed it in the match preview. PSG like to have a lot of shots; they don't get many on target, and then usually the ones they do get on target, they tend to, you know, make something of or even score. Um. It was weird watching PSG last night. It was like two teams. It was like watching an American football team you know, they've got the offense and the defense teams, but where the offense and the defense teams are on the same pitch at the same time, mm. and they're playing two totally different games. You had, the, you had, like, the first kind of, you want what, the first six players, you know, defense and the two midfielders, really doing, you know, doing to us what we were doing to them, tracking the ball down, you know, actually winning it back quite nicely and, you know, doing things to a certain level. Um, but what they didn't have was up front, they didn't have that same intensity like we did. So what I noticed with what we were doing is we were almost pincering every player as soon as I got the ball. So you had your midfield and your attackers going against one player as soon as you got the ball. Or it was a midfielder and a defender going against an attacker. They didn't have that from the front line. And those four front players, maybe it's even five of them, they just didn't want to track back at all. Like they, they had no... They had no intention of defending at any point in that game. And I think a lot of that has to do with arrogance. I think mm-hmm. they maybe think oh, it's just Newcastle. They're the fourth seed team in this in this group. Um, you know, if Milan could have finished the dinner, it would have been a totally different story. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> um and I think they underestimated us, and then like you say, as soon as the that first goal goes in, is you know, as soon as they hear that roar from the crowd, it's too late. Like we have the momentum. Um, yeah. Ian, not too much longer. I think it was on the thirty-ninth minute. We get a second goal. Um I believe it's from a corner. I, th- I think it comes from a corner from a free it's kick.
1: kick. It's the free ball's kick.
2: whipped in. Yeah, it's a free kick. So the ball's whipped in. It's Jamal LaSells at the far post who initially heads it, not with his hand. Well, it does hit his hand, mm-hmm. let's let's be honest. It hits his hand. But it doesn't give him any form of advantage. And that's the rule. Um the ball gets played out. I think Bruno gets it. Yeah, And I think Dan Burns saying mm-hmm. in his post was interview, I was screaming at Bruno because he didn't put it at the back post. He takes a shot, falls to Nali, goes back to Bruno. And then I let you finish it off because it's probably one of the best headers you'll ever see.
1: It's There was literally no one else on that pitch that was was gonna get that ball other than Dan Byrne. You, you could just see it. You could a lovely description of the the player that you've just said. And when, when he, Bruno gets that ball the second time, you can see Byrne just going right him at the back post. Bruno puts a really really good ball because he has to go I think a defender and the keeper keep it at the right height, keep it at the right pace. And Dan Bird literally just takes off like a seven four seven and <laughs> Slightly, slightly unlucky for Donna Ruma because it is a good stop, but it's it's all over the line. But because I felt a bit sorry for Dan Burn because obviously the flag then goes up, so you're yeah. thinking what's happened. I personally thought Bruno was offside in the sort of the when the second got the second ball. Um, but for it was no real different for us at home to the because there weren't shown replays and there weren't. The commentators weren't here in the VR conversation, so we didn't know what they were checking. Um, then they started showing sort of one replay of one part of it. Um, and then I think there's that or oh, the semi automated offside yeah. which they had in the World Cup that needs to be brought into the Premier League, but that's a different story. And then they show that handball. And To me, I called it from the off, wait, I didn't, Sophie did. She went, Well, both of them have handballed it. I was just like, Really? And you look and it hits. Lascelles and I think it's Hakimi, it hits both of the hands at the exact same time. So for me, if you're going to rule that out for a handball for Jamal Lascelles, you then have to rule a handball for Hakimi and would get a penalty. Um, it's just annoying that we didn't know what was being checked. And it kind of stole Dan Burns' moment a little bit because well, you, you all know with VAR, you can't really celebrate. But when when that V, like the referee, Jeskev, and pointed... I lost my shit. Like I was thinking one nil against PSG, like get in, we've got to go with and be proud of that. To then go two 0 up before half time. i had to sit down and just take a couple of minutes to to actually process what was happening. And by that point, we looked the better side because we haven't even touched on the the Fabian Shear corner. So yep. it, the 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 ball by Trippier, yeah, I initially thought he shanks it, but it's just a very, very well worked goal. I don't think Shear can do any better than he does because he's got such a narrow space um, to, to get that ball beyond the defender and then took it inside the post. And then obviously the net ripples, but it's because the ball hits off the, the advertising board like we were so dominant in, in that first half. And you look back at a week ago, the first half we had against another elite side, Man City. And it's just choking cheese from from that. And it, it's absolutely... Like, I still cannot process how good we were because that is probably the best I've ever seen Newcastle play football. And it wasn't that we had all this flair and we were knocking it about and PSG couldn't get near It was just that we were so tactically on our game We didn't have to have world-class players like and Mbappe to pull off that game plan. You've you've got, and again, it goes back to Eddie Howe's mantra of intensity is our identity. You've got players at the club now that just want to graft in, Mm. especially on the stage like the Champions League, especially local boys like Dan and We'll touch on it in a second. The the third goal scorer, Longstaff, Jacob Murphy, a lifelong fan like, You've just got all these players that, yes, aren't household names, but just care that much that Newcastle are in the Champions League. And it's like, it is genuinely like you had the 52,000 or 49,000, whatever Newcastle fans playing, and they embodied every one of those fans and put it in a performance. I I keep saying it, but I genuinely can't believe how how good we were. (laughs) I've just
3: come in there, Scott, um, just to give a perspective on the, the VAR decision making process yeah, yeah. inside the ground. Um so where I sit is just beneath match control and next to the TV what is normally the TV studio for domestic broadcast for Sky, is Sky are here. They'll normally take that box and have the TV studio put in there. So last night in that box was uh the TNT group. So you had um Shea Given and Rio Ferdinand sitting in there watching the half on, on TV. So when it goes to VAR, we're all stood around thinking, well, what the hell is he called VAR for? And then we see the offside flag goes up. Um, and we think, well, who's offside? And nobody looked offside. Um, and then all of a sudden, it just, I just happened to turn my head and I noticed a few people further along were sort of like gesturing up to uh, Shane Rio in that box and sort of like saying, well, what's going on? Because they've got the benefit of the TV mm-hmm. to watch the game. And then um, a couple of minutes goes by and, it's like, oh, well, is it a goal or is it not? And then all of a sudden I just see Rio stood up and he's going like this. He says, it's not a goal. It's it's not a goal. Uh, sorry, it's it's not offside. Sorry, that's what he was saying. It's, it's not offside. Um, and then he was trying, to, you could tell he was shouting, but obviously it was, it's mouthing. he's mouthing, it's a goal. And, and she's going, it's a goal. And we're just waiting. They're trying to communicate. Obviously, we're just waiting for the decision on TV. And then... Literally felt like it took ages for this to get sorted out, and I understand they probably wanted to take an extra little bit of time given what happened at Tottenham at the weekend. Um, and then you just get to the point where the referee is just about to blow his whistle, and I'm, I just happen to look back round to see what the dads are up to in the box, and Shane Rio are going absolutely ballistic, and it's then then like, yeah, saying that split second moment the referee then blows and makes the signal to say that it's been reviewed and it's going to be a goal. He points to but I just. Had to, had to do it. Had to look around again. And she's just in the box just giving it six now with a celebration. It's just lovely to see. And uh, Yeah, I mean, it to go 2-0 up at that point, like Ian said, I just couldn't believe it. And you, 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 it, it was really hard to uh, like believe that we were as good as we were. Um, and that's credit to the crowd and for ramping up the atmosphere. Eddie mentioned it, that it, it took that you know, it needed us to be onside, and we were. And it just really, that really started to carry us through that game. And it just, the wave was just starting to get bigger and bigger.
2: Mm. But just before half time, uh, obviously, Alex Isak goes down. With I still cannot see how or what he's done. Even I've seen that replay about three or four times. I still cannot figure out how he's cut his eye mm. from what happens. Because he's on top of the player. Yeah, and and it, to be honest, it's, it's a pretty bad challenge. From being honest with you, like it's it's not like a malicious challenge, but it's just clumsy. He runs, he kind of slides into him. He, he then falls over him. And he ends up on top of him, and and it doesn't seem to be going fast enough to cut your eye or anything like that. It just yeah. seems to just seems to happen. And uh, as obviously you know, gets his gets his uh, Terry Butcher bandage on, and, and away he goes. And that's causing him trouble for the rest of that first half. It keeps <laughs> slipping into his eyes. Um Luckily, you know, he's okay to continue because we don't have another striker on the <laughs> on the bench. Um, although, maybe he would have played Lewis Miley. Uh, who knows? Um, but I don't think he's, he's that much of a striker, to be honest. We probably would have moved, moved Miggy into the middle. Mm. Um, and then also, just before... Is it just before half-time, Miggy goes down with a bad challenge on his foot as well? Yes, um, I mean, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And, and you're thinking, okay, you've got to make that half-time and don't know if he's going to come out. Luckily, he does. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, Ian, and, and obviously we were watching this at home and, and I think time probably went a bit faster at home than it did in the ground, but seven minutes of injury time in that second half, seemed like that didn't even cover the VAR decision. And I'm not saying I wanted more, but mm. we were in a position where we were on top and we didn't really want half-time to come at that point in the game, obviously not knowing what's coming in the second half. You know, you probably wanted a few extra minutes just to see what else you could do in that game. And And I just felt like seven minutes was you know, maybe it's four minutes too little um for, for the for what we got.
1: Well I think the, the the VAR check was at least three or four and then Isaac was down for a good five minutes. But mm-hmm. I was the opposite to you because although we were on top, um I still go back to the days of of under Alan Pardew, under Steve Bruce under Steve McLaren where we get a goal but then we'll concede. So I wanted half time just to get in. Um, get Isaac glued up instead of his, his bandage, um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that I was a, a little bit too too short as well. But you know what it is; I, I, I could not care less. No, it doesn't matter. We got mind. in we two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got in two nil up, um, and then I was. I sort of had to take a breath. I had to sort of get a down. I just I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and then I was thinking. PSG surely aren't going to be as bad in the in the second half as they were the first, and then we we'll come out and it's it's we left we picked up where we left off straight away. And the if if you want us to talk you through the third goal, go ahead. Um, so it initially starts and and Miggy drives forward and Trippier's on the over, so it breaks to Miggy. Miggy's running forward and Trippier's on the overlap, and I I was annoyed at the time because the pass was a little bit behind Trippier. Yeah. Um so I was thinking, oh, there's a chance gone. But then going back to what you said, that front four of PSG just did not want to defend at all. It was it's like watching pro clubs with you lot, you just stay up front while I do all <laughs> the craft. Um but trippy, well, mate, you do it well. <laughs> Thank you very much. Trippia pulls off Mbappé. Not not like that. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um Trippia gets away from Mbappé, that's a better phrase. And then <laughs> Longstaff, because I, I think it's off that, I can't remember his name, it's someone, Emery, Warren something Emery, the number 33 from PSG. I thought he yeah. was really good, to be honest, a young lad. Um, but he just lets Longstaff ghost in behind. It's a fantastic run, really good time ball. And Longstaff hits that as best he could. I think it's going in anyway, yeah, but I then it. It, it goes off Donnarumma's glove and, and goes in. And at that point, uh, I think I squealed. And laughed because I I genuinely, <laughs> like I th- I thought someone was just making it up, um, <laughs> and just to get again, show Longstaff who who came out not too long ago and said that he's he thought his time at Newcastle was up under previous management he wasn't enjoying his football i probably give him a lot of stick and not really realising what he does or appreciates what he does. And, and since he's come back into that midfield, it looks so much more like a unit. And that, that goes for the defence, like defensively in the game yesterday, we were so well organised. And for him and Dan Byrne to get a goal in the first Champions League game at home for 20, 21, 22 years or whatever it is, like I, I think the TMT producers and stuff were saying, oh, it's like you, you couldn't script it better and you couldn't. Like, for me, even though I was at home, like, I had... So the, the closest I got was the two goals um, long-stop sport against Elhampton in the semi-final. That, for me, I thought I, I had peaked there. And then to have two local lads score in the Champions League, like, I, I genuinely was... Like, my head was buzzing. Like, it was, it was absolutely amazing. And then, obviously... I'll I'll let you take the rest of the the story in well, yeah,
2: the well, second half. We mentioned we uh, Mickey Daryl. Obviously, he his injury was a bit bit worse than maybe we thought, and he did have to come off. And yeah. I think it's Elliot Anderson that comes on to uh, to replace him. I put in the group chat. We're going to get a Jordy hat trick here, <laughs> um, and and it would have been fitting. And it's unfortunate for Elliot Anderson because he, he deserved his goal at the weekend that he didn't get with that dive header, which didn't go over the line and didn't and got saved very very well. Uh, but well, unfortunately, it's PSG that pull one back. Um Not long after the long-staff goal. And, and to be honest, it's the first real decent bit of play that they string together that creates a chance. And I think it was the first shot on target. Um, mm. well, it's, no, sorry. I think Nick Paul pulls off a good save in the first half. Um But it's it's that first shot on, on target in that half and they score from it and you're just thinking, uh-oh, we've walked them. <laughs> They've woken up. Yeah sleeping the sleep i don't say sleeping I mean, giant. the sleeping whatever's woke up um, yeah but yeah
3: i mean the the move for the goal itself i mean the run that's made by the goal scorer who forgive me because i can't remember Anandes. but uh, so, Anandes, Lucas, yes. look at Lucas yeah. and so he makes a fantastic run and nobody picks him up and i don't know if that's just because it's a a moment or a lapse of concentration from the the guys in defense and he just manages to to get through un unmarked unchecked and it's a great ball in and he just has, it, it doesn't have to do much to put it in. He just has to give it a nod and it, it, yeah. it, it pops it into the back of the net. But the thing that got me when that happened was the reaction of the defence. And there was a very quick burst of frustration. And I would probably liken it to, you know, if, um, if it happens in, I think there would have been a burst of anger and frustration, like a very short burst of that. But very quickly, they then realised that, right, lads, we've got to keep switching on here because this isn't going to happen again. And it doesn't. Um, And I think at that point, that's when you start to see a bit of a turn as well, of momentum. You would think that that sort of thing would damage us, but it didn't really damage me. We used it to our advantage and we we gained strength from that. Um, And that's emphasised by, I think, was it either Mbappe or Dembele, who got through, and then all of a sudden, Jamal Lasalle steams over at full pelt. They... This is, this is someone who you won't, you don't really assume is blessed with pace. But he absolutely busted his gut to make up about 20 or 30 yards at full pace. And he manages to knock... It was Mbappe, actually. So he, he manages to knock Mbappe with a very legal, very fair shoulder barge to put him off balance and put him off taking a shot. And again, that was celebrated like a goal. The whole yeah. Leeds' end just erupted when that happened. Um, and that wasn't the only time it happened. There's a few times when Dan Byrne puts the ball out for for a throw-in or a hard tackle goes in. Um, every time it happened, we celebrate like it's a goal and we that's us appreciating the effort and the graph that's being put in. Um, and it was important that the players understood that and we made sure that they did. And, you know, it, I think it, it, it helped them to galvanise themselves and be ready to keep going and to see the game out. And then obviously... As the game wears on, a couple the, of their changes are made. Jacob yep. Murphy comes on. Um, Anthony Gordon goes off, I think. Or did he stay on till the end?
1: I can't quite remember. But oh, that, he, you know, he came off
3: right at the end, I think. He came off yeah. right at the end, didn't he? And there, uh, of course, what happens right at the death? The board goes up and you're thinking, where's is another five? I think it's another five, minutes, added five on minutes at the very end. And then no no sooner has the the board gone down, than Fabian Sher wins a tackle from a goal kick in like the final third, the final PSG third. And you're thinking, what the hell is he doing that for? He, he must have been up for some sort of corner or attack. or something. He's, So he's still in that position. And he comes in and he slides in and he wins this ball. He gets up and he plays this delicious little one-two with Murphy, who just lays it off to him. And the second that Fabian Shea won that sliding tackle, I thought there's a goal coming here. I, I actually did genuinely think that Fabian Shea was going to score as soon as he won the tackle. Didn't know how it was going to come about. Didn't know if it would be a case of him picking up the ball and taking it himself and then cracking it in. But obviously, came about was this little one, two with Murphy. And he, he just receives that pass from Murphy. And he's already fallen over because the ground's wet because it had been raining for most of the game. Mm-hmm. And even though he's off balance, he still gets a fantastic connection on it. And you know what it is? The second it left his foot, it hadn't even entered the box. And I turned to celebrate because I knew it was going in. And I, I just turned to the, the the guy that was sat, like stood next to me. And I was like, I just waited for the rope, and I was just all over the place. Couldn't believe it. And when you see it, Donnarumma has absolutely no chance with it. He's full stretch, and he can't reach it. It's going that far into the corner. and it's. We all know how well Fabian Shea can hit a ball. And even when he's falling over, he still hits a ball with such ferocity that it's too fast for anybody to try and save. And it was I couldn't think of a better way to have topped the performance off to be honest. It was just the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, whatever the hell you want to call it. It was such a perfect way to end that game.
2: It was the chocolate on the croissant. Uh, no, um... <laughs> 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 the, uh, I mean, obviously, the Fabian share goal sitting at home and bear in mind, it's like nearly 11 o'clock where I am where I am watching that and I just I let out a noise that very similar to Gary <laughs> Neville. Uh, oh. <laughs> in, 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 in Amos, very, very similar. It was a yeah. Um, trying to trying to conserve me voice because mm. I do live in an apartment block and you know there is neighbors, <laughs> but fuck them. Um, no, <laughs> the, yeah, you know, see it ends that way, and you, you you just as if you couldn't believe it already. You know, at at one nil, at two nil, at three nil, a three one even. Final whistle goes, and you look at that scoreboard, and you just think, We've just beat Paris Saint Germain, who were finalists in this competition last year. We just beat them 4 1. I mean, how, how I'm still, and you
3: know, we all are, <laughs> but still
1: all just S- setting me off again. Sorry, a gaslight, <laughs> it's like it's just uh, it's incomprehensible. Like, in what's what's so satisfying as well as no one really gave us a chance uh, and particularly after the Milan game and the players in Eddie House come out and admitted it, that it, the Milan game that probably played the occasion rather than the game got, they've got back to the basics since then of, of what worked last year and this is one of granted uh, there's a lot of talk about the French League being a farmers league PSG still have world-class players the irrespective of who their competition is in their domestic league. And for, for us to just be so astute and not even just match them, actually like push them to for them to think, shit, we're we're in trouble here. Like, and you've got player and it's testament to I always go on about how many players we've still got from the championship days and, and LaSalle's long staff um are, are some of them and for the performances they put in is Like absolutely exceptional um i genuinely still can't believe it and like i say it's it's, what's really satisfying is those people that like i've seen i think chris and dan mentioned it at the end of their podcast that these like podcasts that get paid to watch like champions league games Mm. and they're they're almost like wanting newcastle to, to get beat just to prove the point that we we don't belong there And for to give a massive middle finger to those who quite clearly don't watch the club, don't have any, they don't know what clubs about, they don't know what the fans are about, and for us to turn over an elite side like PSG is a fucking massive middle finger to them, Mm. and it's actually hilarious because you can see them now getting angry that shit. That's actually a decent (laughs) club. Um, it's it's so so satisfying, like. I just I genuinely kind of put it into words how proud last night's performance made me as Newcastle guy It's just mind-bending.
2: Mind yeah, I mean, it, it's not even the fact, you know, players from the Championship, even it's players before the takeover. I mean, I think there's six people on that pitch. Maybe it's four, five, six people on that pitch by the end of the mm-hmm. game, but certainly who were all there before the takeover. In fact, £160 million worth of players were out injured. So you can't even say it's because we've spent all this money because, yeah, granted, okay, we've got Bruno, we've got Tenali, Trippier, Isak. But, you know, they're the big money signings. You can maybe see Anthony Gordon throw that in as well at 40 million. But we were spending that sort of money every now and again, um, you know, on Joel Linton and on, you know, on other players for, you know, the same money for Gordon. So, you know, it, it it's it's really down to Hard work it's really down to, you know actually getting a manager in who knows football and who can actually set up tactically not with a you know I don't do tactics previous mm-hmm. manager who I'm not gonna tarnish this this video with uh giving him any respect of his name but we all know who we're talking about you know it it reminded us um of that performance was you know just epitomizes what we've been doing recently when you know you look at what beaten tottenham last season at home. Going three three with Man City last season, um, giving Liverpool a very good game. Both games last season, you know, beating Manu. You know, it, it's it, where I know we've always we've all spoke about the five or ten year plan, but we haven't just got here by mistake in terms of you know what we're doing. And that five year plan now is probably a three year plan, and that ten year plan is definitely a five year plan now because we've proven we can do it, and as long as we can keep this up, and I think we can, and I think we've got the players with the mentality to keep this up, and I don't think any of those players would ever be like in in January in the summer, like, I want to leave. Like, there's none of them players are going to want to do that, and if anything, what this has done to us is other players from other teams in the Champions League, in Europe, wherever, we're looking at that going, I want to play on that side. I want to not just experience the crowd, but I want to be in that, and and I think my dad made it put a very good comment on on Twitter about a band of brothers, mm. and that's what it is. Mm. They're they're you know they're all playing for each other. They're not just playing for themselves. Um, long may that continue, and that's really all down to Eddie Howe and how he's got them playing and how he's got the the club just that's ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and
2: conditions. Eighteen plus. Believing in themselves a bit more. Um, you know, it's not all going to be good, but
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know,
2: we'll 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 certainly ride the roller coaster, <laughs> shall we say? We'll take um, the highs of the
3: highs and the lows of the lows. We've already done the lows of the lows, and we're now taking the highs of the highs.
2: Yeah, yeah. The the lows that come won't be as low as they they have been. Let's just say that there will still be yeah. lows, and you know, you've got you can't you can't expect it all to be rosy. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- this never going to be as, as bad as it has been. I do want to touch on, obviously, a few players that we maybe haven't mentioned or who deserve a mention. Um, you know, obviously, we've said Anthony Gordon. I thought he had an outstanding game. Yeah. Uh, I thought Tonali was solid in the middle. He's done so much running in that first half. I think he had to be taken. I think it was sick. I think it was about earlier. I think I said it was Anderson. Yeah, Anderson came for... on for yeah, Tonali. Yeah, Anderson yeah. for Tonali, yeah. Um, but I think Tonali just. He's not Eddie Halford yet, like Anthony Gordon yeah. said last season. Yeah. Um, can't
3: wait for him to get Eddie Halford, by the oh. way, because he's going to he be, be something he'll, he'll be tearing up when he gets to that point. like.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, Bruno was outstanding he again. He was fantastic. He yeah. was Do you want to touch absolutely. a little bit on his challenge, though?
3: Yeah. I mean, he was absolutely loving his life just doing turns and spinning defenders and midfielders in that midfield last night. He was just absolutely loving his life. But yeah, yeah you're right about his challenge. His he was a very, very lucky boy. Towards very, the end of the weak.
2: first half, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, and he and, and I think had that been, you know, sixty minutes in, he's off. Because the referee's like, Okay, you're just getting a bit too carried away, we'll let it go. But he does swing for the lad, he does I know it may not have caught him too much, but he still yeah. makes contact with the back of his head. Like, you just can't do that. And and I'll put in the group chat was like he's a very, very lucky boy. Yeah. Because that would have been a red. And and I was very surprised VR looked at it. And, and
1: the, do, we think, do we
3: think it was only he only got a yellow because the ref must have maybe just caught a glimpse of it? Do you think? I think, had the ref not given him a card at all,
1: he gets a red. That would have been, yeah.
2: Yeah. But I think it's, it's again one of those where a yellow card, you know, we've, I've mentioned in previous podcasts, like it could be an arm card, like not quite a red, but not quite a yellow, like something that was yeah. serious. But yeah, like it it, it could have been either. But the referee gave him a yellow so it's not an obvious error. So it doesn't get overturned. Um yeah, he, he, he does need to get that out of his game. Um yeah. obviously, you know, Miggy and Trip M- Miggy and Trippia on that right hand side, outstanding yet again. The two centre backs. I think for me, Fabian Cher was my man of the match. Um mm. before his goal as well. I was you know, before his goal he was outstanding, he was so solid. Um and then to get his goal at the end was was good. Um, and even Nick Pope, like, obviously, you know, you can't Balls kick a the ball. Last six minutes. You can't kick a ball, and, and let, let's get that out of the way. I, I don't think this is on purpose, let's be honest. I know there's people, conspiracy theorists going, oh, well, he's doing this, so they've got to take a throw in so that we can press. From what I've heard from people who are in the ground, by the time that fourth ball goes out, Eddie Howe is ripping his hair out. Like, he's not impressed with Nick Pope. So I don't think that's on purpose. I just, we've said it in previous pre- uh, reactions and previews, that Nick Pope's distribution isn't great. And it really wasn't great for those four goal kicks in a row that he he put into the uh, the East Stand or wherever it is he put them. Um, I'm probably missing players. I know I am. So mm-hmm. yeah, feel feel free to chime in and help. I mean, every single player has a nine or a ten. Like, I don't oh, think yeah. anyone had a bad game by any stretch of the match.
1: Even um, Elliot Anderson, when he came on, like I think... Yeah because he's so young and obviously another local lad, he's just, he plays without fear. Like, and I think that to be honest, I think that's what's going to benefit us in this Champions League group is we don't really have anything to fear. And that's not from a, like a, an arrogant point of view as, mm-hmm. as some of our French viewers commented on the, <laughs> <in> the match <laughs> preview. Who's I arrogant think, now? Right? I think that's just from a, we're, we're not expected to do anything so we can go out and play as freely as we want. And, there was a, he went on a little run and he checked back and checked back again uh, i think he either had a shot or was blocked or he tried to get a pass off and it just didn't come off but for a young lad of his age on a, a champions league stage again against world class players to be uh, to have the confidence to to do that is uh, is exceptional and, and it goes back to the pre he had with with like yeah. um i was thoroughly impressed with him but like you say, literally every one of those players that entered that pitch come off at least a, a ten. At, at least a ten. It can only be a ten. 10. Wow. At least yeah. at least a ten. Um some people even come off as a fourteen. Um but no, I just like like I say, it, it's just testament to how Eddie Howe um sets up. And it, it's it's go back to what you say as well that about the, the sort of ethos at the club, they aren't playing to get a big contract elsewhere, they aren't playing for their own. They're playing for each other, and and I think that's what Dan Burns says. Like um, it, he was very complimentary of Lascelles, and he said, "Like I was out of position, Lascelles would come and cover us, and we all fight for each other." And and you could see that. Like, and I think it goes back to that cliche of of hard work beating talent when talent doesn't work hard, and that that was the epitome of us last yeah. night. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Well.
2: We'll wrap this one up because I think Daryl's about to burst into tears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll, we'll save him we'll save him that on camera, and, and maybe he can he can go and play some FIFA and, and calm down or something. I but so. let us know in the comments below what your reaction to this game is. Have you came down from Cloud Nine yet, or are you on Cloud Fourteen, like Ian said? Um, who knows? Um, if you liked this video, please scroll down from it and hit the little thumbs up. Don't hit the thumbs down. We're one for one thumbs up only on this one. Um, while you're down there, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. that let you know when more videos go live on this channel. And if you want to go one step further, you can become a member. It's 2 dollars a month. That gets you early access to certain videos, as well as access to the Telegram group. Um, that group was absolutely buzzing last night, and it still is now. And it has been, to be honest, since the takeover and probably even before then. Um, it's been a nice little community to be part of, and it's worth the $2.99 alone. Um, yeah, put your not safe for work head on, though, if you do go in there, because uh, sometimes the <laughs> conversation turns a bit <out laughs> blue, uh, shall we say. Um, <laughs> but it's all in jest, and it's all in good faith. It uh, that's it for this one. Um, boys, One four
1: one Against PSG? Against in the, PSG. In the <laughs> Champions League, like, In the Champions hell. League. <laughs> Like, shall I tell you what's class as well uh, just to to end on a really really sort of wholesome note that it goes back to what Daryl was saying about Bobby's boys giving a generation mm-hmm. of heroes, and this sort of set the precedent for that next generation. There was a lovely moment I don't know if anyone else caught it. can't remember if it was after maybe's the first role, but there's a there's a father and there's a son celebrating yeah. together, mm-hmm. and he, he yeah. prop our embraces and get and and it's it's moments like that that will stick in that little lad's head forever and all the sort of young fans that are coming through like i think i can't remember who it was it was someone saying that he the the son of a kid had their barcelona moment and it's it's just absolutely again i started off the the podcast by by saying it like to think where we were two years ago and i'm not saying we are the most hard done by club because let's face it there's but hundreds of clubs that have went out of business, that are on the brink of going out of business. But this is our story and mm. we can't be anything other than like, like invested in, in where we are now compared to how how we're the last 14 years. So we're going to win the Champions League. Daryl's <laughs> going to cry. I'm, I'm going to go in the shower. So, wow. yeah. yeah. Just to cool off. I, I'm absolutely <laughs> boiling. Well, those, those,
2: those, those, uh, those tops aren't the coolest thing to be wearing. They're not, not very breathable. A mini heat wave coming, uh, coming <laughs> this weekend, apparently. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, we've gone on way too long for this one, but uh, we will let everybody go. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you all in the next one. Ta-da. Bye-bye.
0: Sports Social Podcast
2: Network.